the reason why people's dreams fade is because they shared it with too many people that don't deserve to have access to their dream. We're back. Welcome to another episode of Impactpreneurs. I'm one of your hosts, Daverick Lyles, along with Sean Alexander. And we got a great show today. Yeah, we do. Right on, man. So I, we've had we've had some busy weeks, and I know this week's been busy for both of us. Um, and I've noticed I've had this come up a lot. Is people have, have have hit me up a lot on Facebook. It's funny we we talked earlier before the segment, but there seems to be this latency delayed with pulling the trigger to jump on whatever uh, business opportunity or uh, moving forward with a business. People are just sitting back waiting. They're waiting. Oh, it's, it's, it's not raining or it's sunny. Oh, wait, I'm going to wait till the 1st of October. <laughs> they're, wait, they're waiting for like some magical moment that's going to give them permission to uh, do something a little different. Like they're waiting for that one, like something that fits their narrative it, it's crazy start. it's crazy like that's never going to be a case there will never be an ideal narrative for you to start something or for you to go full throttle in something but what frustrates me is i'm getting this from every oh i'm going to start at the beginning of the year how many months away is that i mean i i don't know have you have you ran into this it's, <laughs> it's, it's summer's over and it's everybody so checked out okay i'm just gonna wait till christmas i got that's neighbors, so scary I, I got neighbors putting halloween stuff up <laughs> <laughs> I got right people now. at Costco with Christmas decorations, and everybody I'm talking to, Daverick, hey, I have a question that I actually can show you on my Facebook. I'm ready to get started, and when I when I engage with the gal, she's like, "Yeah, I want to. How do I do this? How do I do that?" So I'm thinking of the beginning of the year because of the holidays, dude. There's always an excuse. If you if you if you start, <laughs> this is my belief. If you start something, and the 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 most trying times. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But I think if you start in the middle of the battle of all your crap, I think you're going to come out a winner, in my opinion, because you know how to battle. You can't just, okay, everything's perfect. Credit score's great. Uh, you know, the money's good. Got the house. Savings account. Um, let, let's start at the beginning of the year. It's like, dude, you're failing. I like your accent there. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I don't know. Why. Some nice invitations there. But are you running? Are he, have you had this come up? Yeah, I think, oh, man, it kind of makes me angry sometimes. And I don't get angry about a lot of things. But when I, when I start to see people or hear people make very poor decisions on their future life because I feel and believe that people are misinterpreting the concept of being present and they're taking as being present as just enjoy each day for what it is. And yes, I understand that. And yes, that is true, but that doesn't mean go full throttle. That doesn't mean just slow down and not go full throttle and take action and execute, pull the trigger and move forward. That doesn't even make any sense. Like that doesn't mean you can't be working your ass off, grind, hustle, for the future, but and not be present because that doesn't make any sense either. Because if you're not present, then you're not going to be able to have any sales. You're not going to be able to build your team. You're not going to be able to provide any leadership if you're just focused on the future and not on the present. It needs both. And I think people are just misinterpreting what being present means and not stressing about the future. 
So they just literally want to act each day that goes by without a plan of action that has a result in the next 12, 24, 36 months. But they know what to do. They know what to do. The plan is there. The plan's there. They have the, the plan is there, the business plan is there, the guidance is there, the leadership is there, and they just don't wanna, they don't wanna pull the trigger yet uh, because there's like this lack of, you know, I just posted about it today, this uh, lack of sense of urgency. And um, but uh, I can't comprehend why, you, why there is a lack of sense of urgency, and that's in anything. There's, shit, there's, uh, there's some relationships that I'm, I'm helping out right now that are also having this, that are also creating the same problems. There's a lack of sense of urgency to make the next move for couples to be in a better position. And I'm seeing it in business also. I see it everywhere, though. Um, I see it. It comes with... It's like something's in the air right now. It's really weird. Right. It's like lack of decision-making. And and, and just, you know, they're they're waiting to sharpen the pencil, sharpen the pencil. My analogy is you can spend all this time sharpening the pencil, but if you don't write, if you don't start, you're wasting your time. You got a, a box of pencils that are sharp, like arrows, right? But you haven't done anything. It's I oh I'm 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 thinking about moving to Vegas. I'm gonna wait a year from now, dude. You're missing the boom. I'm gonna start a business. You know, remember when we talked about earlier? You started your business. Yeah. The 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 not not your first business. I think it was your third one. You started when the COVID pandemic Correct. hit. Correct. And look at you now with that business. Yeah. The uh, you got it. What do you? I saw the thing is I saw a window of opportunity. I knew what I needed to do, and I took action. I didn't even delay. I was like, this is perfect. I'm gonna go into this and make the sacrifices needed in order to be able to execute at the pace that I want to. And I knew that I only had such a big window of opportunity to be able to write out my plan, master it, understand it, um, dissect it, and how I'm going to go about it. Because I knew we were only going to be in quarantine for a few months. So that was my window of opportunity. So I knew that in that few months, I had to max out everything that I could so that I came out ready, ready to go. With no delayed response, right. right? And and I think that right now I'm seeing a lot of people using the holidays as an excuse now. Dude, I, what is it with holidays? Not, I, I never... not, well, here's the thing: if it's not holidays, it's birthdays. If it's not birthdays, it's um, it, it's it's another holiday that's in the middle of the year for you know specific religions. Um, if, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's a vacation, whatever. Now, I, I didn't bring this up as an example. Okay, you don't know this. Last Friday, I may have said something. Uh, last Friday, my godmother, who and godparents raised me, my, my godfather died a year ago in January, February, not because of COVID, right before COVID. And then Friday, my godmother, I didn't know this, went in the hospital, had a heart attack. I'm sharing this with you for a reason. Now, she's up in Seattle. She's like my mom raised me. I've told you the story, right? Um, I get this call from my sister from Facebook, right? She doesn't know my new number or whatever. And, and I'm like, okay, she never calls. One of my sisters never calls. I said, something's wrong. Well, she went at 2 in the morning, had a heart attack. <clears throat> and that was Iris's birthday, Friday. We already had plans, I right? That. All this stuff with events planned and business, I had all this stuff to do. I still did it with enthusiasm. I knew that that was a pressing issue on my heart. And I'm not saying be cold-hearted. I have, I have empathy. I'm on it. I, I, here's what I said. How is she doing? She's stable. I called oh, her. Oh, you did tell me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did tell me. You texted me that. Yeah, and she's doing great. Her heart's about 25%, maybe 30 now or 40, but she's in great spirits, great attitude. They sent her home. And 
And I'm not getting on a plane because she's okay, but I have stuff to do, but I will make it up there eventually, right? You okay? Yeah, good. Ooh, wrong pipe. Wrong pipe. Uh, I, I think what I'm saying is there's always going to be challenges and obstacles. I'm not saying be not to be empathetic towards a family I'm going to interrupt you for a second because you just, you just nailed something that every single other person would actually use as, as a reason. And at, the, at the end of the day, any legitimate reason is still an excuse. If, if, it, if there's something that stops you from doing another thing, it's an excuse. No matter how legitimate the reason it is, it does end up being an excuse. Now, yes, to some degree, some are a little bit more cold than others. In this case, with what you said, yes, most people would look at that as, damn, Davik, you're fucking cold. So your yes. business and, and this came first over that. And it's like, no, no, it's just that there wasn't an urgency for you to jump on a plane and take off. And, if and, there was an urgency, it would have been a different story. Right, right. And they wouldn't let anybody in because of COVID to see Which her. Which you can't. And so I had her, we sent her flowers and I talked to her on the phone. I'm going to call her again today. The point is, I'm not laying down, dying on the ground. I have to move forward in life. I have kids I have to take care of. I have responsibilities. I have clients. I have business. I got to move to the next level. Well, but I don't let that stop me because, hey, let me ask you a question. You still got to eat, you still got to take a shit. You don't stop that because somebody in your family is going to die or might. Well, she's not going to die now, but you, 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 are you with me? Yeah. Oh, I, well, that's my body. I have to. Well, you have to perform. You have to have that mentality that I have to perform, not, oh, I don't feel like performing today. That's why you're failing. Well, you remember uh, not long ago I was talking about uh, picking and choosing where and when you show up. The, it's, it's the same thing as... I don't remember. Did we talk about that? Ah, I, I feel like I we so. did, but the same thing applies right now with selective urgency. Um, you can't pick and choose when and where you want to be urgent. Like that doesn't make any sense, especially when it comes to your business life. Because if you if you have this selective urgency because of your fucking feelings, then you're literally going to kill your fucking life off. And I don't mean literally, because um, your business and everything else in your life is going to start dying out because all of a sudden that, that sense of urgency is now chosen when you want to activate it and when you don't because you're going to be, you're going to allow your feelings to take more precedence over what's more important. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. <clears throat> I told somebody recently <clears throat> on the phone, I said, you need to forget your feelings for a second. And they took it personal. They were hurt. I said, no, no, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. You're trying to go from X A to Z, right? But you're, you're, you're hot up and because of how you feel. Nobody gives a fuck how you feel because corporate America, nobody cares about you. Nobody's going to take care of you. So you, I said, you got to, I, I didn't say fuck your feelings. I said, you got to forget your feelings right now. You're a nice guy. You're, you're, that's insensitive. You hurt my feelings. That's what I'm talking about. How can I hurt your feelings when it's not about me? It's about you getting your shit together and moving forward. People like to remove mm. facts and logic over emotion when it's supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed to remove emotion and look at the facts and the logic behind anything. Because emotion, unless it's emotional motivation to do something great, right. that's the only time emotion and feelings do matter. Like feelings of like, I want to retire my mother, for example. Um, because of an illness she has and she can't work anymore, for example. So that would be an emotional motivator. Um, but if you have feelings where it's you're having a pity party, you don't feel good, um, today's just not one of those days, it's a gloomy day, so you're going you're gonna to choose to have, you're going to choose to not be urgent about the things that have to get done and your tasks at hand. Well, guess what? You're going to lose everything that you fucking worked your ass off for also. And I'm glad you said that. So Monday I had a call. 
Met a guy in the gym. Great guy. He's an investor. The gym we work out at. Yep. Powerhouse in Las Vegas. His niece is in the same line of work, different, different vertical, but same line of work, right? He goes, yeah, I'm trying to get her motivated. I said, you can't motivate somebody. That, 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 that doesn't work. Motivation is overrated, okay? So are you with me? Yeah. Uh, we know what we're talking about. So, so I talked to her on Monday. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. I said, what are you doing with your plans? This is what you need to do. Oh, I'm really motivated now. I said, you shouldn't be motivated now. You should be excited about yourself and moving forward regardless of talking to me. You're just afraid to step over the line. You're stuck in this little security blanket, and you don't want to make the next move. I said, do you need to do this, this, and this? Okay, you ready for this? Because I'm, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting you. No, but, no, no. Go ahead, man. Um, high achievers and high performers do not use motivation. Motivation no. is way off our scale at this point. If you're trying to be a business owner, <clears throat> if you're trying to be successful um, in any category of life, there's no more motivation anymore. Motivation is literally when you're just getting your feet wet and you, need, and you have this compelling reason of wanting to do something you're passionate about. That's where the motivation is. But once it comes to a level of performance and urgency and high scaling, there's no more motivation. If you still need motivation, you want to be motivated, or you want to have motivation for the day to go perform, then you're going to fail. People don't understand. They think you always have to be motivated in order to climb these, these high levels, and that's not how it goes. Every high achiever will tell you, I don't need motivation anymore. I just know what I need to do, and I know what my, what my vision is, and my vision, my vision is not debatable. It's not up for negotiation. I know what I have to do. I know how long it's going to take me, and I just have to a execute. And that's all it is. There's no more motivation. Motivation is still feelings. And, and never get comfortable. I'm not comfortable. I'm on edge. I want that next uh, revenue stream. Right. I'm focused to get to the next revenue stream. I don't like where I'm at. Sean, I know that. Now, to most people, you're like, oh, man, you're doing really well. You're really sick. Not for me because I, I'm not easy. I'm, not, I'm uneasy where I'm at. I want to get to the next level. So I'm trying to get this to one level so I can get A, B, C, and D to the next level. And my, I don't, so that is that your motivation? No, that's my, I, it's not a want. I need to, well, I have to, because I can't sleep at night with what I'm doing. Cause what I need to accomplish in life, this, this does not accomplish it in life. This, this revenue, right? Does that make sense? Well, I, I you can't, I, I don't have fuck you money. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> a, a, anybody who makes Anyone who makes half a million dollars or more knows that at that point, any higher that you want to climb from half a million up, there is no more emotions and feelings. No. Involved. There can't be. At that point, it's all about scaling, strategizing, the right team, the right players, the right hustlers, um, the right vision, and execute on your plan. And that's it. Um, if you have to get a mentor, a coach, okay, great. And, then, and if, if you do, you have to make sure, as you heard me say this before, you have to execute at the speed of instruction. If you don't, then you're going to have delayed, you're going to have uh, delayed results and delayed results can actually be unmotivating and slow you down. Right. And, um, you know what I want to say, cause you said something about going up to the next level. <clears throat> Let's say, and I, every single one of my clients hear this in whatever category someone's hired me for. Everybody has heard me say this, um, and I probably talk about this, I don't know, at least 20 times a week with various phone calls. If, let's say, um, like in my programs, let's say for me to get you to point A to point D, it's a 10-step process, right? Let's talk about business, 
for example. Um, let's say you get, to, you get to D and you've done the whole 10 steps. And at D, in business, your, your money's good, the team is good, you love where you're at, and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm cool right here. I'm good with the money I'm making. I don't really care to make more because some people are okay with, they're totally happy with a certain, a certain number. Well, once you start coasting at that, at that, at that pace, if it took you 10 steps to get there, then you need to keep doing that same 10 steps. If you want to scale and go past that marker, now we have to look at the next two, three, four, five steps. So now you got to do 15 steps a day to get to that next level. However, you can't get to that level and say, okay, I'm good right here. But now because I like the money and it's coming in, I want to do six steps today. The moment you start doing less, then what got you to the first point is when the world, well, the universe will start taking shit away from you because <laughs> now you're being ungrateful and now you don't deserve it. And a lot of people, God, I hope no one that I know <clears throat> takes this personally, um, but it does apply to a lot of people. And I've said this to many of my clients. The minute you stop doing what got you to a certain point is the minute, is the moment where the universe starts taking shit away from you because you don't deserve it if you think that you have to do less work to maintain what got you there in the first place. And I'm glad you said that because you said 10 steps. I want to add to this, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Once you go to six, you step back, you let your foot off the accelerator, and you coast. And then the world takes it away from you. And people go, oh, I'll just do what I did before. No, now it's going to take you 20 because you're so mind-fucked because you can't handle the, the, the swings. You know, the, some of the greatest poker players in the world live here in Vegas. And their number one thing is that you got to be able to handle the swings. They'll lose a million dollars a day, go to sleep at night. Shit, in one hand. In one hand. And then we'll, we'll, people jump off a bridge for losing 100000 So if you can't handle the swings, you got to mentally prepare yourself for battle, war. We talk about that. Yeah. You have to be a, a gladiator. You have to be ready for war and combat. But like you said, I agree with you 100%, Sean. If you step back and coast, and it, it's happened to all of us. We learned, and we're like, I'm never doing that again. There ain't no cruise control. <laughs> Does this thing go 140? It's shaking. Well, can it do 150? But when you go back to six, now you fall off the wagon. You're like, I'm going to do these 10 steps. Okay, guess what? It's not working. Now you got to do 20 because you got to get back to 10. You got to make up the amount of steps you lost. The momentum, the consistency, right, is gone. And the thing is, when, you, when momentum's on your side, I just had a phone call about this, and I'm actually going to talk about this later today on the post. <laughs> When momentum's on your side, you have to run with it. There's no slowing down. And here's the thing. When, when you, man, it's a frustrating topic anytime I, anytime I have to get in this discussion with somebody to explain it to them because the fact that I have to explain it is absurd to not to understand the logic behind intentionally slowing down your momentum because you're tired or because you're in your fucking feelings or because you don't feel like going at that pace anymore. That's okay, but understand and accept the fact that you're going to lose everything you worked for if you're willing to slow down that momentum. Because at the, regardless, if there's momentum and it's going hard and you're going to go at that same pace, at some point, that momentum is going to slow down on its own. Regardless, we all end up hitting a certain point in business where it's like, okay, I got to strategize, recalibrate this area to build new momentum because now you've hit the peak of that specific lane you're in, right? Right. So, if, but if you intentionally slow it down, 
it's hell to get back to where that, where that point was. Not even just because of the mind fuck, but because you created a wall for yourself intentionally, guess what? That Because you went backwards, that wall is going to be now be quadruple the thickness to break through because you intentionally walked away from it when you were chiseling away the whole time. And then the mindset, <clears throat> we talked about this, when you're down and out, are you sh showing the same gratitude and gratefulness? No, because you're pissed off and yeah. frustrated. <laughs> right? And so it's like, Dude. oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I, I made 20 grand, 40 grand Fuck. this month. It's like, well, what were you saying last month when you hit a big goose egg? You have to be grateful for the hard times. You have to. That's the best part because you can only go up. Listen, high performers and accelerators look for the hard parts in their business. They don't look for the easy coasting where shit's easy and everything's falling into place um, and you don't have to do a lot of thinking. It's just, let me just go and it's just gonna be awesome. They, I want, I'm looking for the difficult shit. I want to do the difficult shit every single day because I know that's going to put me into a different position in a week from now versus if I take the easy route, then I'll stay on that same route in a week from now. So why would I wanna do that? Elite players know they got to do the hard shit. They got to do. They got to train harder and do the hardest level of training in order to get to the point that they want to be. And I think people just right these days they're just neglecting it for whatever. Like I said, whatever reason it is, whatever's going on in the air. Excuse me. Um, there's. Uh, um, in one of the books I used to read, they call it excusitis. It's a disease. It's an illness. What's it called? Excusitis. Excusitis. Yeah. So it's an excuse. It's an, it's an illness of excuses. No matter what the fuck happens to you, you have an excuse for every single thing that goes wrong and every single thing that's not happening for you because you chose to not execute when you're supposed to and you want to have a pity party about your shitty shortcomings. So now you have this, you have this chronic excuse of this uh, encyclopedia of excuses and now you're just going to keep feeding yourself and in your mind you're going to legitimize why certain things are happening. I, I, I cannot fathom and this is kind of around this, I don't want to get away from it, but how people can get so comfortable with a job. I just it, when you said that What, the excusitis? Yeah. And, and I tell people, okay, you're, you're going to have to create a 1099. You know, if you don't know what that is, it means you're in business for yourself, right? And, and you might be in business by yourself. To get out of that, can, that complacency, that comfortability, and no, I don't think anybody's really comfortable to a point, but I just, I look, I look at these people that go in the rat, I call it the rat race, right? The nine to five, Monday through Friday, nine to five. You know, we're, we're doing Monday through Sunday, and we're creating a day. <laughs> Right? We, we have eight days a week we're working, it seems like. But it's our shot. It's our success. We fail. It's on us. And we're not doing the blame game, right? When you point your finger at somebody and blame them, you got three pointing back at you, right? My mentor told me that, right? I remember you mentioned that a, a few podcasts ago, and it's actually such a great analogy because if you're pointing because you want to put the responsibility on someone else because you don't want to be accountable for your own shitty shortcomings, and I'm going to keep saying that throughout this whole episode, because <laughs> it is. Anybody who has an excuse for their shortcomings makes them really shitty in, in general. Like I, couldn't, I would never partner up with that person if they can't take responsibility for their own shortcomings. You got to, man. And as you said, when you're pointing a finger out and you got three fingers pointing back at you, like, damn, that just tells me that you are one of the last people on this planet that I'd ever want to be in business with.
And and th- this and is Kay, I know are you even coachable at that point? You just said it. If a, if an NFL football team is losing, who do they fire? The coach. The coach or maybe the team captain. The, One of the two. Right. So the coach's responsibility is to make the team win. Like these are professional athletes. If you're zero and three, there's coaches getting fired now. They're zero and two. They just season just started. They're like you're fired. Well, it's a uh, no. You got you got million dollar athletes on the field. Figure it out, right? If you get to five games and you're Change zero and five, you're, you're getting fired for sure. Yeah. So the, the the thing is is I think that's the first first thing that an individual should do <clears throat> is admit. Their shortcomings, because you can fix them. You can fix them in business and life. You got to take responsibility. I've been called out by friends. You called me out on something uh, on another issue a while ago. I yeah, you're right. I took responsibility, but it was. It takes a mature mindset, and I'm not saying this to brag about myself, but you have to be humble. You have to be humble, and you got to say, you know what, this motherfucker's right. I didn't like that he said that. I had to take a step back and go, shit. He's right, but I own my shit. I corrected it, and I have gratitude for it. I'm gonna. I want to. You just said something, and it was the way you said it. I caught it. I don't think most people would. Actually, I know most people wouldn't, because they'll just hear you say humble, and then they'll think that applies to everything. There's a specific way you just said. You just talked about humility, and that's being called out for something that you realized you were doing wrong, knew you had to change it. And knew you had to take action on it. That's the time when humility applies. Knowing when you're wrong, knowing when you have more to learn in a certain in a certain subject, finding out what the solution is, and then executing. That's what humility is. People think humility is is don't be overconfident, don't have supreme confidence. No. no. Don't don't they they talk about sharing your your wins and your successes as bragging. And that you're not humble. Like, our society has turned confidence and humility into these, like, I can't, I don't, I can't even have a word for it. Like, they've turned them into these, these things that don't even apply to us. Like, what, it doesn't make sense to me why I love, even if I don't know somebody, I love hearing their success story or what they were able to purchase or what they can afford. Not just for the sheer fact of, like, congratulating them and cheering them on, but just the fact that, someone else is, is doing what they have to do to achieve the things that they want and the things that they enjoy in life. That's exciting to see. And you know what? For someone, someone's going to click with whatever it is that person was able to purchase, and that's going to be like, that's inspiring. If that motherfucker can do it, then I should be able to go do it too. Dude, it, it's just that simple. If I, I tell people there's nothing special. I just, I'm just determined. If I, can, if I can make it in business and do what I've done, anybody can. My background is not, you know, I don't have, I'm not from the, uh, uh, you know, Harvard, Yale, valedictorian secret, cum laude, mocha guy, right? You know, they got all the degrees, all the letters behind their name. That's not me. I'm the guy from the streets. I'm the guy from the other side of the tracks, broken home, <clears throat> similar story, right? But you take guys like us and it's like, dude, you, you take a swing and knock me down. Okay. I'm going to get back up. You know, but did you die? Remember that from hangover? But did you die? No. Just get back up. Just move. I don't care if you get knocked down 20 times. Get back up. You might have some rocks in your hands. You might have some dirt on your elbows. You yeah, might have you, got, you, got some, you got some recalibrating to don't do. Don't lay there. But don't just sit there. Don't lay down and die. And so. I've it, seen a lot of people. I've seen that happen to a lot of people in the last couple months. I, I guarantee you, Conor McGregor, 
Uh, dude, he broke his. You just said it. Dude's fucking leg was broken, and while his leg is broken, even though everybody hated him and was talking shit to him for for talking all the shit that he did to Dustin Poirier, and then he broke his leg, and now he's automatically uh, takes it as a loss. Because his leg broke and he can't perform. But while his leg is broken, sitting on the floor, he's yelling at Dustin Poirier, telling you, we're taking another match. I want a fucking rematch. We're doing this again, and I'm going to fucking take your ass out. Like, he's like he's not in there in the emotion of how much pain he's in. He's right. thinking, like, dude, that is so fucked up. I'm coming after this Because he's got a different mindset. You know? Floyd Mayweather, same thing. Oh, I don't like Floyd. I don't like him. You don't have to like him. He's built a dynasty. He's the master of marketing in boxing, and and uh, your boy we just talked about is a master of marketing in MMA, right? Look what they've done. Oh, they're cocky. No, they're confident. It's supreme confidence. Yeah. There's um, uh, a couple high-profile guys that I that I follow. They talk about that all the time, and I've been talking about this for the last you know four or five years ever since I chose to make a change in my life on a, on a higher level. Supreme confidence is there's a fine line of cockiness and supreme confidence. And you have to be okay with being on that fine line. And being on that fine line means most people around you are going to label you as an asshole, as cocky, as arrogant, as fuck you. And they're just gonna say, you don't give a shit about anybody. You're just too cold. And instead of understanding that like, no, it takes a certain number of years and a certain level of experiences to go through to get to a certain level of confidence where you're now Unbreakable. You have this. Uh, you have this. What I used to call. I used to use this. You. You have this iron will. You have an iron spirit. Now there's nothing that can get in your way that can push you back, hold you down, break you in half. There's nothing that anybody that can say to you that's going to emotionally affect you from performing the way you've been performing. And we got people around us all day long, every day, in some shape or form, wanting or hoping that we fall off. Oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Imagine. Imagine this. Imagine this. I was going to piss off people. Imagine having friends, real friends. Imagine your real friends thriving and striving on your loss. I, I believe it. Some of, your real. some of your closest friends aren't your friends. Imagine how, imagine like when you're doing well and you're excelling, I got all this hate and envy going on because. Man, fucking Daverick, I'm more talented than him. Why does he have that? I deserve that success more than he does. Da 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 da. And then when you fall, instead of me being there to catch you and help you lift you back up, as soon as you fall, I'm gonna let you fall. And because you're falling, now I start to thrive and strive, and my excitement goes up, and I get to go because now I get to take the fucking spotlight. Imagine that. Imagine having friends like that. Like for real, I have witnessed what I'm talking about right now in the last 45 days amongst several different people. And it's very disheartening and disappointing to see that people that label, and as, we have always, as you and I have always used, like to use that word so loosely, friendship and family, that you actually get ecstatic and you start to perform because you see a good friend of yours fall. It's the shittiest, it's one of the shittiest things I have ever seen in the lifeline of my career of being in business. I think it's a personality flaw. I really do. Some, no, dude, it's, no, no, it's a fucking character flaw. 
yeah, that too. <laughs> that's that's that's. I just talked about this yesterday. That is what you call having a fucked moral comp moral compass. Like to think that you are a person of character, of moral, of integrity, of loyalty, but you strive on your friends losing and not doing well or falling when they're at a high place, and you're gonna thrive off of that. That makes you a really fucking shitty person. And that makes everything that you've pretended to stand for completely void. You're the exact opposite. Wow. That's just And as me seeing that is like, man, like as as much of good people there are out there, some of the worst people are not our enemies. They're our own friends. Like literally our own friends are are worse than our worst enemies. Can you believe can you fathom that? I, I think when you get older, you, you start seeing through the you know, we we and individuals, certain individuals can see through that, right? We, we're like, okay, I, I know your motivation. And that's why our circle is so small. But well, the thing is, e even it can even somehow enter our circle sometimes. But here's the thing. You and I have been on the block one too many times. And yeah, you and I are, are a little bit of an age difference, but still. You know, you're, you're older, much older. <laughs> I'm so much older than you. Spiritually, I am way older. Probably like quadruple your age. <laughs> I got to laugh. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Been around a couple lifetimes. Oh. Um, but, oh man, it's the crazy. It's, it, but you know what I'm talking about. Dude, it's fucking mind-bending when I, when I see this and I hear about it, too. Because like sometimes like I'll get on a conference call, and I'll get on a call with a client for about um, mindset coaching, and they'll tell me about what they're experiencing. Because like usually like I, the first thing I want to do, um, and every day when I get on a call, the first thing I do in the moment, uh, at the beginning of a call, is understand where their where their mind is, where their thoughts are, where, and where their feelings are, and if their feelings are taking too much of um, space in their head. And there was a call that I took where this individual was telling me about a close friend of theirs that's succeeding and excelling at a high rate, at a very fast pace, and in a very short window. In the last like six months, this person's done like I don't remember, like half a million or something like that. And this individual is telling me, like, I just don't understand how. I'm so much more talented. Like, I got more skills. I deserve it more. And I'm like, as soon as you said, I can understand saying you're more talented than, than someone. Okay. But to say you deserve it more, and as soon as those words left his mouth, I cut him off. And I'm like, stop. What the fuck makes you think you deserve what he's got more than he, he does? What are you fucking doing that he's not for you to claim that he deserves it? And what has he done the last two, four, six, ten years to have this success now that you're not having? How much of the price has he paid up leading up to this point to be where he's at for you to fucking claim and think you have the right or the audacity to say you deserve something more than the other person does, whether it's your friend or, or a colleague? And it just kind of puts them in this, like, st like stuns them. Like, oh, fuck. I don't think they've seen the, the crap they've been through. They're no, but, seeing, but, but, it, but, it, but it opens their eyes. Right. They're like, oh, fuck. I didn't realize it. I didn't look at it that way. Well, of course you didn't. Yeah, you haven't because seen Because you got fucking jealousy, envy, and hate. Because you haven't seen the amount of work that person's put in in the past. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know how much shit they ate. Like, dude, you and I, you shit and I have eaten, you and I have eaten shit for a long fucking time. <laughs> shit sandwiches for a long time, <laughs> right? Literally, and we've been shat on, and we still get shit on sometimes, and that, and no, we accept the fact that that's the nature of business. 
It's crazy. Yep. I mean, I just keep just I just keep going heads down. I move forward, you know. Um, I, and I think here here I want to I want to kind of do this real quick. A lot of viewers are always asking and try to want to reach out. Remember, you can put your comments in the section of the, of the YouTube or or send us a message, right? Sean's email, my email, um, <clears throat> RIGs about how to get started. What what we got to do next? Sean's really good at this. But I always tell people, you know, first thing you want to do, <clears throat> sit down this weekend. Think of a name of a business and start writing out kind of what you want want in a business, what kind of business you want, right? Because I think that's the first step that people, they go, what do I, I want to do something, I want to do something. They sit back and they don't do it. Write it down. That's the beginning of a business plan. Well, write it down and make sure that you're going to be passionate about it too. Because if you're just going to do something for the sake of money and have zero passion about it, you're going to have literally no drive. And this is the part where, yes, motivation does come into play because it's the startup. Right. In the startup, you have to have motivation. So if you don't have passion for what you're trying to open up, Dude, you're 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 full. Just write it down, man. You get passionate. Watch a couple. You know what motivates me? You know, I'm already motivated. But when I watch movies, remember I told you about these movies. I'm a weird dude. Like, yeah, you're talking about one with the with Tom Cruise, uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, there you go. That thing motivated me to start doing what I'm doing, and I've been doing it for 25 years. Well, about 24 years on my own. Damn, you're old. I know, man. Back in 1922. No, but but that, I, I see movies, Wall Street. If, if Wall Street doesn't motivate you, the first one with Gordon Gecko, the big old cell phone. I don't know if you're too young to, you ever see no, that? I've seen it. Okay. Those, those big ass cell phones are mortifying. <laughs> yeah. Those two watt cell phones. Anyways, <sighs> I sold those. That's what's crazy. As a salesperson. I remember you said that. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah. But I forgot that when you said you sold them, I didn't think about <laughs> the time that you sold them at. Damn, bro, you're ancient. <laughs> so the point is, is that we all, movies motivate people because they're visually stimulated. They go to the movie theater and they get excited. You know, they come out with a lifesaver. They want to be a superhero, you know, and, and they see these movies and, and people see these love stories and they start crying. They're, they're reacting off of this. And it's, man, it'd be great if I could do this. New, do it. Go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. I'm not saying to be a Superman and jump off a building. I ain't gonna work. But do something that, that do something that, that helps kickstart the engine. And and you know, like I said, I'll I'll watch something. It's like, ooh, this movie looks like it. It's about business. I'm gonna watch it. There's a movie called Recruiter, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And there's you know there's a couple of them. Um, and I've seen them. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But I'm like, okay, okay. And it kind of makes me sit up a little bit, like. How much did he make on that deal? I should be making more than that, you know. So, your heart starts to pump. Yeah, you have a uh, a mental stimulation. Yeah, absolutely. Because you start to visualize yourself. That's what gets us going in the first place. When you start to get emotional from a movie, yes, it's an emotional reaction, but it's because the that you're you're mentally getting stimulated, and then your mind connects with your heart, and then now you got this reaction happening because you're like. Man, I know I can have that. I can do that. I should be doing that. It's Why like, is that person doing that and I'm not? I should be making this bigger deal. I right. should be buying that house. That right. should be me and this motherfucker is five years younger than me in this movie. You can't lose the dream. The dream when you were in high school, everybody had a dream. Right? They were like, man, one day I want to do this. And people laugh at him. People laugh at you. Then you get older like, oh, okay, I got, I got bills and responsibilities. Now I got to go get a job. Man, it'd be great to do this. And why does that dream fade? You know what? I just saw this today, and it was like, wow, this is a very awesome analogy. It fades because you shared your dream with too many people that don't deserve to have access to it. That's good. 
You got to say that one more time. <laughs> no, the reason, the reason why people's dreams fade is because they shared it with too many people that don't deserve to have access to their dreams. Okay. I'm going to write that down. We're going to do a clip of that. Like, that needs when to I, be a, I was a, like, a meme. I was like, and you know what's crazy? Like, I've always known not to share it with too many people. I knew to t put it in the universe. I knew to share it with, with close people that matter and people that matter who I know will continuously push me up and back me because they know that I'm going to push them up and then I'm going to pull them up also. Um, but I've always been selective with who I share that with because you share, when you share your dream with people that don't deserve to have access to it, they're going to shit on it and they're going to eventually break your spirit on wanting to achieve it because they start to make you feel, they start to make you not believe that you're going to treat, achieve it. That's powerful. Isn't it? Yeah. Because a lot of people say, you know, they'll put stuff on Facebook. I've done it. You know, hey, I'm going to do this one day. And your friends joke with you and they're taking stabs at you, but right? They're, they're bleeding they're, you. They're being, they're being truthful. They're bleeding you. You die at a slow death, right? And that's, that's powerful. I'm going to remember that. Okay. So I can't tell nobody I'm going to take over the world. And just, you know. You can say that. Okay. Because you, you got to tell them how you're going to take over the world. <laughs> I'm taking Elon Musk's place. Dude. <laughs> you see that? They just launched. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Just, that's fucking genius. That guy, that dude's brain. I can only like fathom operating at fifty percent of his of his brain capacity, which I'm sure I'm not even close to it. Um, there was an old commercial growing up, E.F. Hutton. Sounds familiar. And it was a brokerage firm. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Right? That was their slogan. And when Elon Musk talks, people listen. And you ever see him on Joe Rogan show? Yeah, he's smoking weed and having a good time, he's but he's like, also like very, he's, like, he's so in tune. He's, and he's, somebody asked him a question, he's like, well, and he just, he, the guy's brain is just clicking at a speed of thought before it comes out of your mouth. Yeah. It's amazing. And when he says stuff, <clears throat> if I said the things he said, people would laugh at me. Well, here's the thing, too, because he's at a different level of credibility. Right. Also. Absolutely. You know, and, and <clears throat> you know what? Fuck, I hate to say it. And as much as people don't like to talk about money because of their stupid, toxic relationship with money, the more money you have, it does give you this certain type of status. Again, we're not even going to talk about happiness or anything like that. We're going to leave that out. But when you're making a lot of money and you're running a massive business and you're doing very well for yourself and there's a certain level of success that's just naturally visible to everyone... Anything and everything that comes out of your mouth becomes credible. It could be the biggest bullshit thing on the planet, and it just it's credible because of your status of where you're at in business. Jeff Bezos could say, Jeff Bezos could say, I'm going to make a new invented toilet, and whatever it's going to have, people are going to listen and buy into that stock because it's Jeff Bezos. Right. The credibility is there. So if it's Jeff Bezos, it's got, there's going to be gold attached to this thing. It's amazing. And people people don't want to people want to people want to knock the idea of becoming super successful, but yet they want to be heard by everybody at the same time. Well, guess what? Not everyone gives a shit to hear you. You still have to earn being heard, and that comes with business and personal morale, of course, and integrity on top of that. You know, and if you're obviously obviously if you're successful, which um, it doesn't last too long, but if you're successful and you lack integrity. I mean, obviously, eventually that catches up, but people are not going to listen to you. If, you've, if you're willing to compromise your character for anything, I've always said this before, 
I think I've even said it on here before. If at any given time you're willing to let your personal life compromise integrity, you're fucked. You're fucked. Elaborate on that. Let's say you and I go into a, a deal that we're going to do together and build a business. And we're already funneled in 100 grand each, right? You've made a commitment to me. I've made a commitment to you. And we're going to go in this thing full throttle. And both of us already have money in. There's really no backing out, knowing that we're probably going to have to dump more money into it also. Now we have a foundation and core values and a mission tied to this project, right? Now let's say you're going to, something happens on a personal level and you say, you know what, Sean, I got to bail out because whatever the reason might be, and I need you to buy me out. And I'm like, well, no, that's not going to happen because we agreed to do this together. And it's like, well, I can't right now. It's just t- times are tough and I just got to, I just got to bail away. Okay, well, that would be a good example of compromising your integrity and your word because you're going to allow your personal life to fuck me over. That's a good point. I get it. And I don't believe in that. And again, some people might disagree, and that's okay if you do, but I'm a non-believer in that. I don't believe in not showing up for my people if I make a commitment, and I strongly do not believe in fucking anybody over for anything because of personal reasons, no matter what the personal reason is. Your personal life cannot compromise your integrity. It cannot, it should not, and never should. Doesn't matter what the reason is. If there's a delay, that's okay. As long as you guys can have a conversation about it and strategize and figure out the logistics, that's okay. But if you just want to walk away. So has that ever happened to you in business with someone? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. I've never had that happen. But I mean, I've been in business with other individuals, uh, but never had that personal situation with them where we had a back out. Now, I was asked to be bought out, and I sold. So he, one of the partners bought me out. But it was a good timing because I saw the market shifting. Yeah, that, that wouldn't even apply to this. Wow, I can't believe somebody do that. That's like stealing money. But it, but it happens all the time. It's not just like, this isn't just a me thing like, shit, man, I've had to, I mean, shit, I've had to help coach some people on how to get their feet off the ground because they got fucked over so bad. They're like, dude, I don't even, I'm not even excited to want to get started again because I'm afraid to get screwed over again. And yeah, I get that. There's the fear factor involved and we try to tell people like, fuck your fears, like we got to do this. But there is this, um this anchor that gets tied to their heart and their mind because they're worried about getting screwed over again. Because like when you get big shit that gets, that you get, you know, rolled over on, it can become debilitating. Absolutely. You know, you rely on other people and that's that, that childlike faith, right? When you're a child, you just believe, you believe everything. You have a dream and then that, and it goes away, but you have to have, I tell people you have to have childlike faith sometimes when you get in business. And I, and I say that for people that might not be biblically religious, right? You can have that faith, faith of God, but then there's the people that are like, oh, I don't believe in God. Okay, we'll have the childlike faith. When you're a child, you believe in everything. You Correct. believe in everything. You know, you think that, that, you know, you can go to the moon, and you can when you're an adult. But, um, no, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. It's, uh, 
It's wild to see it happen though too. Like I've I've what happening to me is one thing. And because of my past and history of how I've overcome so many things, I can say it's it's more simple. Thank you. I don't want to say easier, but more simple to get over that. Um because the things that I have I've been through to me and in my opinion are a lot harder to overcome than, you know. But you said it earlier. You, you put your emotions aside. <clears throat> but here's the thing. My personal life experience, experiences the first two decades of my life created this iron will and an iron mm, spirit mm, mm. to know and be aware of how to separate my feelings yes. from logic. Some people aren't prepared for that, and that's okay too. You've you got to compartmentalize it. You just got to know who to who to turn to to help guide you back into the right direction. Right, and and it's good that you said that because the shit that you and me have been through when when something happens, <clears throat> like I just laugh. Remember the sixty five k deal? Yeah, and you made made a quarter of that back three days later. Right, but but remember I I told you somebody mentioned something to me. I just laughed when it happened. I literally laughed. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because the crap I've been through is that's nothing compared to what I've been through. Plus, if you did a sixty-five if you had a sixty-five K deal almost in the bag, then the likelihood of you finding another sixty-five K deal is pretty high. Right. But but you see my point. Yeah. You know, I can't put price and money on my life, but the things I've been through in life, right, that I've had to overcome. Fear, rejection, deaths, you know, uh, bad situations, dangerous, scary situations. I laughed because it's like, you got to be kidding me. I just laughed. I turned my, my, myself back to my desk, sat down, I kept going. I kept going. I just kept laughing about it. And people are like, how can you laugh about that? It's like, well, dude, I, I think there's some, we can say this, Sean, is this fair? If, if people have an, a challenge or an issue that comes up, and, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to deal with it. Just look back at what have you overcame in the past that has been more difficult than what you're dealing with now? Because if you overcame this, look what you – we know what you overcame. I do. That's like, whoa, Sean. That, to me, is, is borderline to the end. You overcame that. So anything else that comes at you, it's like, Sean's got it. I'm still your buddy. I'm still your colleague. I'm still going to say, hey, man, how you doing? Good, great. Anything you need, I'm there for you. But I know you can overcome it, and you know it, too, in yeah. your mind. Your mind's strong. Yeah, my mind's like, oh, fuck, this is bullshit, but all right, here we go again. Let's, so, so, let me take the next swing. So people need to understand that, right? I tell people, look, what are you dealing with now? Have you dealt with anything worse? Says, yeah, but no, don't say but. You've overcame it. You'll figure it out. Well, that's where, that's where we, say, we say this in every episode in some shape or form. Your feelings and your emotions cannot cannot play a role in in getting you back getting you kickstarted again. Now, if they're emotional motivators, yeah, absolutely use all of them if you have to. Whatever they are. Um, but if they are uh, emotional decapitators, then you got to put it aside and understand that my how I feel right now is completely irrelevant from me getting back on my feet and going. And people want to have this fucking pity party. I don't feel like getting back up. I don't feel like performing today. I don't feel like showing up. A week goes around. Okay, now I feel like getting up. Okay, so you take two steps forward. You go to the next day. 
oh man, it's not firing like I thought it would. And you fall back down. Holy shit. So you just wasted seven days doing nothing. Then two days of just getting your feet wet. And because it didn't fucking spark the way you wanted it to, you allow yourself to fall back down like, I can't get motivated. Well, dude, first of all, you delayed a week. Guess what? If you delayed a week, it's probably going to take you an additional week. Absolutely. You're absolutely on point. Um, <clears throat> that, that, I, there's so many things I want to talk. I mean, we'll save it for another segment, but <laughs> look, um, I forgot who talks about this. The more you delay getting back up and moving, um, conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. Because you get distracted from well, here's the conflicts thing. of interest. So, 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 right, so, let's go, so let's go back to the example. You, you delay a whole week because you just don't feel like moving. You're not motivated. You're not inspired. You're just kind of having the stupid pity party, and you want everyone to feel for you. Then after a week, you're like, okay, I'm ready to get started. You get, the, you, get the, you get things winding up for the next two days. It's not firing like you want it to. And then you start falling back down, down the slumps. And then you're going to go through the same pace. Well, guess what? And then by the time you do it, so now that it's taken you nine days to get back up and going, well, guess what? That's, that's a delayed conflict. So now that conflict is going to multiply. So now it's going to take you 21 days to get back on your feet. So now you're going to have to, now you got double trouble to fight against in order to get back on your feet because you chose to create, um, what's that word I'm looking for? All this friction between you getting up and getting started and then staying consistent until it starts to be back on automation. And so it, the, the problems continue to multiply. The multiplication will stop once you get started, but now you got to stick with it until all that multiplied conflict has been overcome. And in the digital world, in the tech space, we call that latency. There's a, there's a delay, and that delay is killing you. Millions of dollars. If, if Amazon has a delay in their cloud, they're done. That's great stuff. Um, man, I learned a lot today. I did. I do. I always, I always, I always stu take stuff from Sean, and I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this down. I'm cheat. Cheat code, right? So, Isn't that what life is about? Uh, yeah. When you learn stuff from people, those are cheat codes in a video game. Sean Whalen talks about that from, with Lines Not Sheep. Talks about it. If you, anytime you learn something from someone that you can apply to your life, that's a cheat code in a video game. That helps you get ahead further, faster, and more effectively. Mm. Man, I know we got to wrap it up. That's good stuff. We got to, we got a lot more to cover, but I know we got an hour, and uh, that was that was fulfilling. Yeah, and nice job on wearing red. Actually, the whole team is wearing red today. We're wearing it red today. Even our engineers wearing red. George, thank you. Nice All job, right. brother. Um, for those of you that know that don't know, Red Friday. You wear red every Friday for remembering everyone that's deployed in the military. And if you don't know what it's about, look it up. Red Friday, uh, military, and it'll give you where, where, when it started, and why it started. And um, awesome. hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, if you guys, if you guys find value in what we talked about today, if you believe somebody can benefit with it from it, please sh share our story, share our channel. Yeah, like, li hit the like button, please. And comment. Ask us questions. Uh, I saw some comments on there I, I hearted and replied to. I know it's a new channel we're starting out. Well, we're trying to spread them on all, across all social medias. And also, uh, we're trying to get the podcast out, too. Yeah, and again, if there's any topics that you guys would like to see us go over or even have any questions that you would like us to answer live, 
uh, please let us know. We'll be more than happy to because we want to, we really want to genuinely impact everybody's lives and see how many people we can help just benefit from free information from our personal experiences throughout life from the past, the present, and what we're doing in the future for the future. Um, if it can benefit you, great. We're more than happy to oblige. And turn on the notification indicator next to the subscribe button. See you soon. Have a great day. Peace. Peace out. Dude, you know what? Oh. Oh. Oh.